today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Do you know that there's nothing you and I can do to make God love us less? He loves us. Period. You know, it's kind of sad because we live in a day where the word love has been so made common, profaned, cheapened, that it's almost like the word like packs more punch. Well, here's an example. I, I say to you, hey, God loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. God is love. What if I said it like this? Hey, God likes you. <gasps> he does? You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching a special Christmas message. We say we love a lot of things. We love Christmas and the holidays. We love getting presents. But Pastor J.D. reminds us today that we often use it cheaply. It doesn't hold the weight that it should. Don't take it lightly when the Bible tells you God loves you. Because He loves you so much that He sacrificed Himself for you. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. with part two of his special Christmas message in Matthew chapter two called God Always Provides. The interesting thing about myrrh is that it's a very bitter herb. And the only way for it to become fragrant is when it's crushed. I think about the church in the book of Revelation, the second church of the seven churches that Jesus has John write a letter to, the church of Smyrna. Smyrna. It's the modern day city now in Turkey known as Ismir. But in that day, it was about 95 AD, when John was banished to the island of Patmos, he received the revelation and he was told to write that which he had seen, that which is now, and that which is to come after. And that's what the whole book of Revelation is. It's past, present, and future. And so right now, presently, we are in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, where you'll find seven letters to seven actual churches at that time. And not only were these letters to actual churches, but they were prophetic pictures of the church in the last days. Let's talk about this church of Smyrna. One of the only churches other than the church of Philadelphia that there was no rebuke for. All the other churches, there was a rebuke. In some cases, it was a very strong rebuke from the Lord. The church of Laodicea, the seventh church, is an example of that. The first church, the church of Ephesus, another example of that. But not this church of Smyrna. What was the church of Smyrna? Oh, it was the persecuted church. There's no rebuke for this church. And the name is the nature. Actually, all of the names of all of the churches speaks to the nature of that church. And the church Smyrna was no exception, because it's the myrrh that is crushed. And when it's crushed with the bitter persecution, it releases just this beautiful, wonderful fragrance, when crushed. And that's what the myrrh speaks to. It speaks to the Savior's death. 
the crucifixion. Myrrh was the key ingredient in a mixture of spices that they would use to prepare someone's body for their burial. And what's interesting about this oil is that it also has medicinal purposes and uses. And it's believed that this is what God provided for Mary after giving birth to the Savior. It was a provision for her physical, even medical needs. It's believed that the frankincense and the myrrh together, both of which were used in temple worship, also comprised an antimicrobial combination. As such, Joseph and Mary would not only have the fragrant aroma, but also the ability to fight off diseases because of those oils. God provided everything they needed. These gifts were supremely about God providing our needs eternally, but at the same time also about providing our needs practically. In other words, if God provided gold pointing to Christ's birth as my King, frankincense, Christ's life as my priest, and myrrh, Christ's death as my Savior, is there anything that He won't provide for me? Let me say the same thing in a different way. If God did this, is there anything He wouldn't do? Romans 8.32. This has become, actually the whole chapter of Romans 8, I oftentimes recommend and encourage those who maybe in some ways doubt the love that God has for them, to spend some time in this particular chapter in God's Word, Romans chapter 8. I mean, before we even get to verse 32, Paul just makes it, and it's, it's so eloquently and profoundly stated that there's nothing that can separate us from the love that God has for us. Neither depth, nor height, nor angel, nor any created thing, no thing, no one can separate us from the love that God has for us. And you know, verse 1 starts it off, because it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Why is that important? Because is that not what the enemy tries to do all the time? He tries to build this infrastructure of guilt and condemnation in our Christian lives to crush us under the weight of that. And in so doing, we start doubting God's love for us. Yeah, I blew it. God's angry with me. No, no, God's not angry with you. God took all of His anger, all of His wrath, and He put it on His only begotten Son on that cross. And He paid for it all. And it is finished. But the enemy is right there to try to get us to think that somehow, I don't know, I mean nothing new, right? He did it in the garden. 
He tried to plant a seed of doubt about God being trusted in His goodness, in His love, in His character, in His nature. Do you know that there's nothing you and I can do to make God love us less? He loves us, period. You know, it's kind of sad because we live in a day where the word love has been so made common, profaned, cheapened, that it's almost like the word like packs more punch. Well, here's an example. I I say to you, hey, God loves you. Yeah, 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 I know, God is love. What if I said it like this? Hey, God likes you. (gasps) He does? Yeah, He likes you. You mean He's not mad at me? No. I mean, even after what I did, yeah, no, it's paid, it was paid for. Paid for. I'm going somewhere with this, if you'll just <laughs> hang in there with me. Romans 8.32. It's a rhetorical question, but a question nonetheless. And it's a question, rhetorical or not, that needs an answer. The question, here it is. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Did you catch that? Here's what I'm thinking. Been a rough year, right? I'm keenly aware that I am speaking to some, perhaps many, who don't have an income anymore, or the certainty yet future with everything that's happening. And I want to encourage you, because if God would not spare His only begotten Son, if God so loves you so much that He would send His only begotten Son to die for you, He would not withhold His Son from you, is there anything He won't do for you? Why wouldn't He do that for you if He did this? Let's go back to the three gifts, just real quick. God provided for Joseph and Mary. you got to know. I mean, we already know for the most part that Joseph was, <laughs> and you can't blame the guy. I think it was a couple years ago we looked closely at this man, Joseph, kind of an unsung hero in a way. You imagine what he went through and what it cost him? It cost him everything. Nobody believed him. Hey, I I hear your fiancé's pregnant. Yeah. She's pregnant with the Savior of the world. Wow. Dude. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I know. That's called faith. It's called faith. And what he did, what that man did, he took his wife, his bride-to-be. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's astounding to me. And by faith, and God was pleased by that faith, because as the writer of Hebrews tells us, without faith it is impossible to please God. God was so pleased, and God provided exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything they could have ever imagined. I would even venture to say they were set for life. And why wouldn't they be? 
I don't know how much gold there was, but if there were more than three wise men, and there were probably, (laughs) I mean, there's caravans with bricks of gold in there, God provided. Just even the, the myrrh, the frankincense for the worship spiritually, everything was provided. Can you connect those dots? They had Jesus. We have Jesus. Can you connect those dots? Why wouldn't Jesus, why wouldn't the Lord provide for us now like He did them then? They had Jesus. We have Jesus. Why wouldn't He provide for us? He gave His only begotten Son. Is there anything He wouldn't give to us? If it's good, He's going to give it. If it's according to His will, we got it. Now the problem is, it's not always when we want it, (laughs) or the way we want it, but it's always in His time, and in His way, and for His glory. But He will do it. He will provide. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. What do you need? I'm asking, what do you need? Well, (laughs) I need this month's rent. Okay. Do you think the Lord doesn't know that? I mean, you you would wonder with the way we pray sometimes, Lord, the rent's due. It is? When? What, you didn't know? He's all-knowing. He knows. He's going to provide. Think of it this way. We're trusting by faith that when the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and we who are alive and remain are going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air and forever be with the Lord. We're trusting God for that, and we can't trust God to meet next month's bills. How does that make sense? I don't mean to be snarky. I don't have to mean to be snarky. It just comes very easily. Thank you very much. But I think you get the point. And let's just take it one step further. So if God is going to do all of that for me, because He loves me, what was my problem again? What was I worried about again? Spence said that one minute spent in fear and anxiety is one minute wasted. I think about Matthew 6, the Sermon on the Mount, as we affectionately refer to it. Jesus is very, I would have loved to have been there. (laughs) I mean, if you could just picture Jesus pointing to the birds and saying, you see those birds in the air? Do you see them freaking out? Do you see them building barns, stuffing it with worms? No, they're singing, not worrying. Why? Because your heavenly Father feeds them. And then he goes from the birds to the flowers. And for those of you again that have been to Israel with us, they're on the side of the mount overlooking the Sea of Galilee. Oh, in the spring, wow! I can just picture the Savior pointing to the flowers, the lilies of the field. So look at those things. Yeah, 
even Solomon and all of his wealth, all of his splendor on a good day wasn't dressed as beautifully as that, that flower. And <laughs> this flower's here today, gone tomorrow. And you don't see that flower spinning going, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to wear? I wore this color last week. Why are they not freaking out? Because your heavenly Father closed those flowers. And then he says this, how much more will he clothe you and provide for you? Are you not much more valuable? That bird wasn't created in the image of God. You were. Jesus didn't come as a bird to die for birds. He came for you. Again, I'm sorry for the silly illustration, but you get the point. How much more valuable are you than that flower? And, and you're, you're running around going, I need, I need bread to eat, I need clothes to wear. The pagans do that. They don't have a heavenly father like you do. I was thinking over the last several months, and even talked about it actually in our prophecy updates, that the times we're living in are going to require us to trust the Lord like never before in our lives. That's a good thing. Can I say it like this? We're going to have to put our faith where our mouth is. It's a test of our faith. Are we really going to trust God? Yeah, but it's really bad. I know. <laughs> it's going to get worse. Happy New Year. <laughs> but God. Are you going to trust God? If God did this, provided all of this, how much more is He going to provide for you? What do you need? I need peace. I'm riddled with fear. He's going to provide you that peace, that supernatural peace, that peace that the Apostle Paul to the Philippians said surpasses human understanding. He will provide it. What do you need? What do you need? Whatever you need, He will provide. Whatever you need, He will provide. I'm reminded of that hymn of old, Great is Thy Faithfulness, and the comforting and encouraging words in this timeless classic. Can I just read the, I won't sing it, so just relax. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. He has a ferocious protection of he has a ferocious provision for us. Think about it as earthly parents with our children or grandparents. How are you with your children? Oh my goodness. Especially this time of year, right? Oh my, we have affectionately referred to it as spoiling them. You ever think of it like that with our Heavenly Father? I, I picture my my heavenly Father, loving me so much, is kind of like, He's just waiting at the ready. 
to provide whatever it is that I need. And here's the thing, he's going to do it in such a way that it's unmistakably him. So that even if you wanted to try to explain it away as, oh well, hey, just, you know, no, (laughs) nice try. No, that was the Lord. That was the Lord. That's why it is, by the way, oftentimes he'll wait until the 11th hour. You know, and you're, you're freaking out. You're just like, oh God, watch me now. It's been said that God is, you know, his timing is perfect. He's never late, but he's never early either. <laughs> his timing is always perfect. And he will always provide whatever you need. By the way, uh, real quick, one last thing. My first last thing, but we'll, we'll probably stick with one last thing. It's not your wants or your desires. It's your needs. And please don't miss this. Sometimes God, when we ask and say, Lord, I need, it's almost like the Lord saying, oh, no, you don't. Not because we've sort of switched the labels on that desire and put need on there. I need this, Lord. Come on. I saw you switch the labels. That's a desire. (laughs) But here's another thing. Sometimes we think it's a need, and we pray and we ask the Lord, and the Lord is like, believe me, you don't want me to answer that prayer. Because if I gave you what you think you need, it would be disastrous. And if it's good, and according to my will, I'm going to do it. Because every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above, and He doesn't change His mind. He's not back and forth on it. If you ask anything according to my will, you can have that which you ask for. I've heard it said like this, and this will be the last, last thing. God will always answer our prayers the same exact way we would answer our own prayers if we knew what He knew. He's all-knowing. He knows the end from the beginning. And so we'll pray. We have, and by the way, He knows what we need even before we need it. He's never surprised. I, I totally, I'm so sorry, I totally forgot. Gabriel, Michael, get down there. They need this. What were you guys thinking? No, he, (laughs) I know that was kind of weird, but he knows what we need even before we know that we need it. And he will provide it. If it's good, he's going to provide it. So rest in that and be encouraged no matter what it is. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. Christmas is one of those seasons that most everyone looks forward to at some level. Maybe you have some time off of work, or you'll be gathering together as a family, sharing memories and gifts. But the greatest gift that was ever given did not come wrapped in a package with a bow on top. No, Jesus came as a gift for mankind in a most unexpected and humble way. But like his entry into the world, his gift to you personally comes in an unusual way as well. He wants to give you a life that offers hope in a way that this world just can't compete with. Do you have a hope residing within your heart? 
If not, we'd like to help you get a better understanding of what this all means. Head over to our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com, and look for the Resources tab. There, you'll find the ABCs of salvation, which helps explain what Jesus has done for you and why. If you'd like to get in touch with us, go to the contact link under the About tab. There, you'll notice a variety of ways to contact us. While you're on our website, you can access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. There are many topics covered that might be of interest to you. We're out of time for today, but we're so glad you listened in today and hope you'll come join us again next time. We look forward to this next edition in God's Word, and on behalf of the entire team at In Spirit and Truth, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. With your 